It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Now there's a new team, and everybody's pretty much new, and I got their back. I want this thing to work. Everybody's got to get on the same page. JT the Brick. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be last-second losses. There's going to be a draft pick that doesn't make the team. Whatever it is, it's Raider Nation. JT, thanks for having me on. Always great to catch up with you, and keep it going, okay? I'll talk to you soon, man. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you, coming off an epic, epic event in Vegas. I'm so fired up, so excited to be on the flagship of the Raiders today, so proud to be on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Hopefully I saw you. God knows I was out. (laughs) I mean... From Wednesday to Saturday night, late Saturday night, I can't tell you how much Raider Nation I was able to get into my veins and see. And all over town, from M Resort to Dre's to the back of the draft, where that access was incredible, to the Bellagio, to the Cosmopolitan, to downtown, to our friends at Resorts World. What a surprise on Saturday night, Muhammad Ali's grandson. Ended up winning his fight, Nico Ali Walsh. We just happened to be there at his victory party with the fireworks and all of that. Vegas, congratulations. I've told everybody this. I've been here since 96. I've been here for the opening of the Hard Rock. I've been here for the opening of the Palms. I've been here for a lot of cool things in Vegas history, the Raiders groundbreakings and all that. This was one of the top five weekends I've ever had in Vegas. Obviously, I'm biased, which is good. Because you want me to be biased here on the radio when it comes to selling Vegas. And it's easy to sell Vegas, but that delivered. It was bigger and better than I thought. And I came in there with pretty high expectations. And I came out of that, and I was uh, at my house on Sunday, going through my photos, going through my videos, talking to my wife. And I said, I don't believe this. This was unbelievable. I mean, what what a massive event that the Raiders pulled off. So welcome to the show. We're brought to you by our great friends at Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat, Arizona Charlies, 64-plus taverns in town. They fuel the monologue. They lead us off in every show. So we thank them for their partnership. We have brand-new partnerships that we're welcoming this week, which we're excited about. And I'm just fired up. I mean, tomorrow, just got the call from the Raiders. They want to do something with me and Dave Ziegler. So tomorrow we'll have the GM on. I'll do it from the studio in there, inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So I'll be prepping for that one through you today to get ready for that interview. And what I'd like to do today, what I'd like to do today is recap the weekend, not dive too deep into undrafted free agents and six-round picks. Well, plenty of time to do that. I'd like today to recap the party. I want to hear about your experience, not mine. Mine's important because my name's on the show, but you're more important than me. You've always been more important with me. Any story, any party, anybody you met, any overall experience about Vegas and what happened at the NFL draft, I want to hear that today. That's what we do. We tell stories on the radio. I want to hear how fired up you were to be in Vegas and what happened to you and how much fun you had. And, you know, everybody has a different story. And I'll get into all of that right here in the monologue. You want to start dialing in, do it now, 702 365 9200 is the number, and we'll get you going. And again, today's a big phone call day, which is not something I live and die by, but I want to hear from you today on this as I recap what I saw about it. So let's go back to a couple of months. Let's go back to a couple of years ago when the the draft was canceled because of COVID. There's nothing positive about COVID, nothing. 
So that was a blessing in disguise for this event because the Raiders would have did a great job two years ago. But having an extra two drafts to prepare for this really made it bigger and better. So when they came up with the concept of the Bellagio Lakes for introduction, I said, man, that's a great idea. Who, who didn't think that was a great idea? The Bellagio Lake for introductions coming out on boats and all of that. But I never bought into what they were going to do behind the link because I live there. I know that area. And I was like, there can't be anything good about that. Man, was I completely wrong. The way they set up that footprint with the NFL draft experience, the super stage, the concerts, everything they did, how it was easy to get in and out of that, at least it was for me. That turned out to be something that I thought was much better than my initial projections of it. So they know what they're doing more than I do. And going back, that was just great to have it there because Caesars Palace doesn't have that type of space. They don't. They don't have the space anymore because these casinos are building new tower after new tower. So they don't have these massive spaces where they can throw an event like that and bring in 100,000 people at one time. So the NFL and Caesars and all the partners at the link who put that together, bravo. I thought it was easy to get up and down. I had a good time there. The location was center strip. So great with that. Number two, the fact that they, the fact that they shut down the strip, which we knew they were going to do, right around Flamingo, all the way in front of the Bellagio, in front of the Caesars, is now the wave of the future. We got F1 coming. The race will be there. And then any other big event other than New Year's Eve, you want to do something huge. Super Bowl, for example. Super Bowl, you would all agree that they're going to shut down the strip and you're going to be able to do that at the Super Bowl. I would think you would. Maybe because of traffic issues and rerouting traffic, you can't do that on Sunday of the Super Bowl, but maybe you can do it one of the nights, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. We'll see what happens. So that was great because it was cool when my, my wife and I walked from the Dre's party, the Raiders party, over to Bellagio, and then after that, we walked to the Cosmopolitan, and to walk down the middle of that street is something I've never did. I took a bike ride during COVID when there was no sign of human life there, and that was kind of depressing and weird. This was more vibrant and fun, so I loved that, and then what I also loved, because I'm a music guy, is I loved all the concerts that were going on, which will never happen in Kansas City at the next one. Lady Gaga in town last night, John Legend, Bruno Mars, Michael Buble. There was a festival concert right across the street from Wynn and Resorts World, a massive one. So with all that combined, the music was a big part of this weekend. A lot of parents with kids, a lot of people that came together. I thought the music was fantastic if you got a chance to see all of that. The other big thing, usually at the Super Bowl, L.A., for example, L.A. had a lot of events at Inglewood. Inglewood sucks compared to Las Vegas. Let me get that out of the way. I lived in L.A. 10 years. Nobody wants to do anything in Inglewood, period, other than go to the game and leave quickly. We got Vegas. So every casino from Mandalay Bay all the way down to Circa had something big going on. So you didn't feel like you had to chase a good time. At the Super Bowl, when you're at the Super Bowl, you say, oh, my God, I got to get into the DirecTV party. How am I going to get into that event? Oh, I got to leave this part of town and go there. What blew me away about Vegas, you didn't have to go anywhere. You didn't have to chase a good time. You didn't have to say, wow, where I am, it's not fun. I got to get out of here and go somewhere else. At least that was my experience. If you were at an event with your friends and you were doing something, how great did it feel? to see the great weather, 85 degrees at night, to see the blue skies during the day, a little bit of wind, and to walk around on the street 
and go, this is fantastic. I can walk wherever I want with an open beverage in my hand. Vegas is a free country. They let us act like adults. They don't tell us everything ends at 1.15 in the morning. Can you imagine if they had this in L.A. or somewhere else, and at 1 o'clock in the morning they're saying, hey, get to the front, you got to go home? This is why Vegas wins. So the big line I kept telling everybody all week is good luck to Kansas City and Detroit having the NFL draft. You cannot follow Las Vegas after this. It was amazing. The numbers were bigger than Nashville. I don't know how by, by how much. At any given time, if you look at all the people that were in Vegas compared to Nashville, it wasn't even close. But a lot of people were in Vegas not to go to the NFL draft. They were there to go to concerts and dinner and do other things that were in town. But if you add them all up together, this will dwarf any weekend in the history of the NFL draft because of the volume of tourists who are in town. I also saw and I asked a couple of people, there seemed to be no incidents. I'm sure there was an incident or two I didn't see that didn't make the mainstream news. But overall, it was safe. The police officers, security, NFL security, I think did an incredible job. I think they they did an incredible job. So all of that was fantastic. And then the casino partnerships, how MGM and Caesars and M Resort and Circa and everybody, they all got along. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's like, yeah, bring more business here. Let's have a party. So when I look back at this whole weekend, everything from Wednesday when it started for me all the way till late, 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 late Saturday night, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I thought for me, it was one of the top five Vegas weekends I've ever had in my life, including everything that's been here. One of my good friends asked me a question. He said, well, how do you compare it to March Madness? I said, well, that's a good question. March Madness has what I call the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. When March Madness comes to town, all the men come with groups of like 10, 20, and all the women leave. All the women leave because they don't want to deal with all the guys here betting 10 bucks on a game and acting like they're superheroes. Here, I don't know about what you thought with the demographic. I saw just as many gals and women as I did men. March Madness is all about staying in the casino and watching a really bad basketball game. A two-seed versus a 15-seed where you might have 10 bucks on the game and you're drinking a bucket of cheap beer. The NFL draft blew it away because the NFL draft didn't have, you know, product that you had to watch indoors. You didn't have to watch the draft. I didn't care about the first round other than the trades and all of that because the Raiders didn't have a pick. So everybody who was here was enjoying a good time because they didn't feel the pressure the absolute pressure of, oh, my God, i got to watch this college basketball team, and i got to watch some team I'm never going to watch again. i got to be indoors in some casino sports book. Here, everybody was outdoors watching the draft live or picking it up and doing it that way. So with everything happening today, I was really impressed, very impressed with the job of Las Vegas. I haven't even mentioned the Raiders yet in their draft picks. I'm going to get to that. But as you can tell, because we're going to have Dave Ziegler on tomorrow, I'd like to talk to you today exclusively about the party. And where do you rank the party in your time in coming in Vegas? How do you think Vegas did with this? I also believe that if Roger Goodell left, he might have left on Sunday, he might have left on Monday. I don't know when Roger Goodell went home. But when he took off from the, with the private jet, I'm assuming he was on a private jet, and he flew over Las Vegas when he was leaving, someone better have told him on that plane to bring the draft here more often. And I don't think we should have the draft every year because it makes sense to have it every year from an economical standpoint. But I think what they have to do is have it every three years here because if we had it here every year, it'd get old quickly. 
Everybody said, I w- I've been there, done that. I don't have to go back there again. It's like New Year's Eve. I've been downtown for New Year's Eve once. I don't need to do it again. But I'd like your opinion throughout the Raider Nation this morning, uh, this afternoon, excuse me, on what you believe the rotation should be for the NFL draft because of how much money it brought to town, how good of a time it was. I say once every three to four years. If we do that once to every three or four years, you can give the draft to Kansas City, Tampa. You can give it to New Orleans. Let them throw a good party. But it's all got to come back to Vegas. We now have to be the epicenter of the NFL draft. Do we all agree with me on that point? It's a very important point here in the monologue that we have to own that draft and we have the right to own that draft because it's good for business. It's good for the league. The revenue stream that Mark Davis has built moving the franchise to Las Vegas, that revenue stream with the Super Bowl, the draft and all of that is good for all the owners because the owners get paid evenly with a lot of the revenue splits that come in. So Vegas is a home run, and I know from talking to my bosses at SiriusXM and some of the people that I saw from the NFL, they all loved it. And then one guy grabbed me on the shoulders and said, JT, I've never had such a good time, and I've been working my ass off. I said, why? He goes, because I can go to a restaurant at midnight. I can go to a bar at 1 in the morning. I can do all this, and everybody's still out here. So way to go, Vegas. Way to go, Vegas. Unbelievable. I'm jumping out of my studio today. I'm so fired up to talk about it. Let's hear from you, 702-365-9200, before I get to some of the sound of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and what they were able to do in the draft. Now, the big draft news for me with the Raiders, this draft is going to be known for Raider fans as the Devontae Adams draft, when Raider fans got Devontae Adams and didn't have a pick until the third round. It's also going to be known as the draft of Georgia. Georgia had 15 players selected on that national championship team. Oh, my God. How great was that team? I mean, the Raiders have recently stockpiled players from Clemson and Alabama, but now having the connection to Georgia is a really big deal. So I love that aspect of it. And then the final thing, if you look at all of this and what it means, this was the draft of trades, where a lot of teams were able to make trades and go forward. You know, A.J. Brown going to Philadelphia, that was a big, big deal for me. I thought that was huge. And a couple of the other deals that were out there, nine trades in the first round. I went through my scorecard on my show last night. I had the two best drafts going to the Jets and Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia getting A.J. Brown, what they were able to do with the big Georgia defensive tackle. I think Philadelphia is now loading up. They look really good. And then I look at the other side of the draft. Cincinnati did well, picking up on their weakness, which was their secondary. They got better. And I was just watching ESPN before the start of the show, and they had a category, top five teams in the league. Two out of the top five, number two and number four, was Kansas City at number four and the Chargers at number two. And I almost took the remote and threw it through my big screen TV. Here we go again, Raider Nation, with this Chargers propaganda. This false Chargers propaganda that they are going to change the world of the NFL this year. They're the best roster out there. We got that crap with Denver the last couple of years, didn't we? Denver's got their best roster in football. Yeah, that's Vic Fangio, who got fired by the Raiders. Raiders fired him because he was 0-4 against the Raiders in his last four games. So Raider Nation, here comes the propaganda again. 
I thought the Raiders did a good job with the draft, but I have no idea until I talk to Dave Ziegler tomorrow, add in the undrafted free agents. But what they were able to do as we kicked it off on Thursday and on Wednesday, they let us know that Cleland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram didn't have their fifth-year options picked up. And then the Raiders go out there and get a whole bunch of defensive line help, and they get a couple of running backs in this draft. So a lot of people are texting me saying, what's going on with Josh Jacobs? What's going to happen with him? I don't know. Josh Jacobs is under contract. Josh Jacobs has got to handle this like a man and a leader, which he is. Josh Jacobs is the number one option at running back today. And Josh Jacobs is going to have to prove that to the new regime. And Josh Jacobs is going to have to make a decision on playing under his current contract status, which I think he's going to be okay with, but I have no idea. He could possibly be really upset about what's happening around here. But the Raiders have added depth. The Raiders have pro bowlers on both sides of the ball. And I think the Raiders are really set up for a two- or three-year run because of the age of Chandler Jones and the players that they have in locked up and extended a two- to three-year run to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say this upcoming year because they have a brand-new transition of coaches, scouts, everybody, but they have a very good roster. I think the Raiders have a really good roster. But with the next 30 games, okay, when you look at the schedule and the 17 games and I'm expecting the Raiders to make the playoffs, then you go into next year, the first 10 games, we all have to easily see that this franchise and this roster is built to win the Super Bowl before the team gets the Super Bowl in Vegas. So that year is going to be really important with the building blocks that they got in this draft and what they're going to be able to do next year and some of the moves that they're going to make next year in free agency, and they're not done yet. I told you I think it's going to be critical for the Raiders to get into getting at least one offensive lineman who's cut down June 1st, one cap casualty on the offensive line to really put a recognizable name up front there to protect Derek Carr with what they have already. So that's all I got here as we open up the show. And again, I want to hear from Raider fans. I don't want to wait. Other shows wait. Other shows wait an hour to two hours. I go now. We had a big, we had one of the biggest parties in the history of Vegas. How was that experience for you? 702-365-9200. Here's Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler yesterday with the process, a word you're going to hear a lot from them, their overall new process on how to build this roster. Yeah, I'd say based on the original we feel feel like things went well and at the same time feel like there's going to be things that we're going to want to improve on from a process standpoint and things that we'll tweak and things that we'll modify and we haven't even spoke about all those things yet I mean we'll kind of you know take some time to reflect on it for a few days and and go back but you know it was solid and there'll be things that we'll you know we'll want to get better at at the same time I think there's I think there's an element too of you know, you stick to your process and like, you know, and, and Dave's laid it out for us and, and we've done a good job of going back and forth, um, discussing who the right people are to take and evaluating all those players. And really, there's no right or wrong at this point. You know, we, we took the players that we felt were the best players at that position, you know, when we were picking at that time in the draft. And now it's time to, to work and develop those people. And what we do from here on out will have a lot to do with how we look back on each selection and what we think of it, you know, moving forward. All right, so I thought that was important on what the process, how they're going to do this. I look at the draft and Parham, the guard that they took at number 90 overall, then Zamir White, they got the running back. They got the running back. I mean, are you kidding me? 
They got a running back who is a monster, an absolutely bull rusher, a guy who can break tackles and do a lot of things. But what I was most excited about in the entire draft was that third and fourth pick. Uh, Neil Farrell uh, getting him a big defensive tackle and then getting Matthew Butler the second defensive tackle. So they got a fourth-round pick and a fifth-round pick, a defensive tackle. And I think that's really important for this team. They have young, proven tackles who played at big programs, big programs with a lot of experience, who are guys that are young that have a fast motor, a real fast motor, demanded a double team in college, playing at the highest level you can play at in college, and should be able to come in and make the team and instantly be a part of the rotation on the side, period. These guys have to play. Do we all understand this? These are not developmental players. They have to play. From the brand-new offensive guard to the two defensive tackles we talked about, these guys got to be able to step in and play and have a really big impact on the team. And I think they will. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Dave Ziegler was asked about you know multiple defensive tackles, multiple running backs, and multiple offensive linemen and how that came about. I would say you know that's, just, that's exactly how it played out. Those were the players that, at that time, we felt were the best available players, and so we took we took those players. That's the the philosophy that we you know we've talked we talked about going in that we wanted to that we wanted to stick to, and um, that's what we did, and that's where that's where we you know ended up at those spots. Yep, that's how they ended up at those spots. So that was interesting to me. I wouldn't have looked after what the Raiders have with Josh Jacobs and what they did in the running back room already. I would have never guessed that they would. Backs. I thought that running back room was already fine, but they saw something with those players at those picks with Zamir White being available at 122, 17th pick of the fourth round. And I'll ask Dave Ziegler this tomorrow when I'm in the building. Something had to jump out with that pick where they said no chance he was going to be there. Absolutely zero chance. And we got the best player on the board. Let's go take him now. You know, Munford, the Jun- Munford Jr., who's the other offensive tackle out of Ohio State. That's a nice pick, too, in the seventh round because you can never have enough tackles here and guys that can move. The other big thing is that they're bringing an offensive lineman that can play multiple positions, and that tells you what they think about this overall. And I think that's really important. Dave Ziegler talked about this, these guys who you can move around, different types of running backs, O-linemen, and their versatility. Yeah, I don't think it was a theme we saw coming in. That's just kind of how it ended up ended up working out those were the players that were available um just like josh said everybody has uh certain types of players that that you look for right that you know every certain teams like a certain style of whether it be a certain style of running back a certain style of offensive lineman defensive lineman corner whatever it is so you know th- those are going to maybe drive not you know drive in terms of like what what we like maybe versus what's what someone else's values but at the end of the day you know, it wasn't a we didn't go in and set out a plan and say hey we're going to draft interior linemen and interior you know uh, offensive linemen and power running backs you know that's how it kind of came together those were the players that were there those are the players that we felt fit fit the system and and then we selected them yeah so that's good by me I mean I don't know anybody else who would argue that to you Uh, that the draft fell to that position if Dave Ziegler thought it was imperative that they had to get more offensive line help he would have never taken two defensive tackles and a running back in Zamir White when he did, he would have waited and made that priority to add depth on the offensive line. But as I've always told you on this show, offensive linemen after the second round to me are a reach. They're a reach. They're young. 
they're going up against grown-ass men who play defensive tackle and come off the edge, and they're not ready. It takes years to develop an offensive lineman. We have the perfect example with Colt Miller. John Gruden wanted Colt Miller because he had nothing. He was desperate, and he had to get the player there, and he kind of saved the Raiders for a while because they had an inferior offensive line due to injuries. So now the Raiders, I think, have plenty of depth at defensive tackle. Wow. I think they're really loaded up after the draft. And the offensive line uh, got some depth. And, again, running back's going to be wild because the elephant in the room is that they're not going to be some running backs who are coming back here. Here's Josh McDaniels on the third day of the draft, which most coaches tell you is very important as they look for those diamond in the roughs, those guys they really want. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was one moment in particular that, you know, we I, was our first draft selection. Dave, I thought Dave was getting choked up on the phone when he was talking to Dylan. He was actually choking. You know, he was having a hard time. He had something in his throat. But, my water. Um, no, but uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, we're, we've tried to do this, though, I would say every day as much as we can um, with one another and with the people that are in the building. Um, I think people would tell you that that's kind of the atmosphere that we're trying to, you know, uh, create here and, and they do a great job of reciprocating it to us. Um, we're not off limits, uh, for the fun, but you know, we, we, uh, we've always enjoyed working together. Um, and this was a new opportunity, a new challenge, a new event for us that we've never really experienced together in these positions. We've experienced it together, just not, uh, doing it this way, but, um, I would say we enjoyed the process leading up to this draft. We enjoy the people that we've, you know, worked with hand in hand to, to put this together. And then we enjoyed, you know, the last three days. I would say, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's just, these are special events regardless, you know. And so for us to have an opportunity to share this is just one of hopefully many that we get to share together. Yeah, the guys did a really nice job. I think most of the Raider fans, I saw some reaction. I was wa- watching their press conference live on my phone. I saw the, all the reaction from Raider fans who were able to comment during the press conference. It's different. It's different than Gruden and Mayock. It's much different. Okay, not saying it's much, much better, much whatever it is. It's different. And I think there's a lot of Raider fans that are liking this new process because they're so familiar with each other. Josh and Dave are very familiar with each other, and they know what they want. They know the type of players they want to bring in here. All right, let's get going with Jesse in Vegas coming up the draft. Jesse, start us off. How are you? JT, I'm sorry I didn't run into you there, buddy, but I, I went down. Uh, I work right between the two, you know, right by the vent, both stages. So to, for the past two weeks, I've been going either before work or after work, taking pictures. And I went down there Saturday after work. I had a good time. Everything was run, if not better than New Year's Eve on the strip. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Everything, yeah. everybody was, it was like family down there. It really was. It really was. Yeah, it's not, it's not this ultra-aggressive, angry, mean, like, weird thing it, it was much big i've never i never went to the draft at radio city musical i had no intention of going there and i'm from new york but imagine if they were able to do the draft in new york years ago where they had the event at radio city which was open to the public and then they shut down the entire city yeah, and exactly. then you had but they didn't do it that way and vegas no. now has captured that energy for years to come well, they did that in Philly, too. You know, caught on, I guess. They went to Philly. They went to Nashville. But, I mean, like you said, about every three, four, five years, it'd be perfect here. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, you know, hey, and you know what else? I'm in a good mood because my, uh, my favorite team, the Eagles, had a great draft. You call them dirty birds. The Ravens are the dirty birds. Come on now. Well, I'll tell you, the Eagles had a great draft. I have their picks in front of me. But the, what they did with A.J. Brown to jump into there quickly 
and then they go get the beast from Georgia to play defensive tackle. I, I love what Philly did, and you know I'm not a Philly fan, but I give them credit what credit's due. Philadelphia, a lot of the shows today said I watched a lot of the recap shows that Philadelphia leapfrogged Dallas to be the favorite in that division, and I agree with that. It's all going to come down to Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts can handle it. To God's ears, JT. You got it. Take care, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, Jordan Davis, the number 13th overall pick, the giant defensive tackle going to Philly was pretty good. And then they got the Georgia linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, with the 83rd pick. I mean, it's incredible. I'm looking at these draft grades. And if you were able to get a Georgia player on defense on your team, on the defensive side, everybody seemed to love it. Dave in Denver. Dave, how'd the draft look on TV? How'd it look to you? Yeah, you know, I couldn't make it, so that was what I wanted to tell you about. It looked fantastic on TV and listening to Raider Nation Radio and you having the party of your life in front of the Caesars. You, man, I'll tell you, there's nobody that pumps sponsors and drives the energy like you do at a radio remote, man. You should be, and the the entire uh, staff at Lotus should be very proud of what they were able to pull off. As far as the draft goes, I really wonder, and I agree with you, listening to the podcast on Thursday, you talked about a linebacker had to be selected third, fourth, fifth round yeah. somewhere, and I agree with you. And if you look back on it, there was a couple premier ones that were just ahead of where the Raiders picked. Even when they dropped back to 90, there was a good one that was taken at 89. And when they picked around uh, 120-something, mm-hmm. I think there was one just a little bit later. But they, you know, they figured that the value was there, obviously, with who they did pick. So as it stair-stepped through, you might also notice wherever they took a running back, they did it ahead of another AFC division rival. And you kind of got to wonder how that chess thing played out if we could have taken a player that one of these other teams really wanted, just like how a player was off the board that might have been a linebacker that we would have really wanted. Yeah, but you know, Dave, Dave, that's a question. Hold on. That's a question I'm going to ask Dave Ziegler tomorrow because when they got to the fourth round, and Neil Farrell was available, and then they got Butler. So they go LSU, Tennessee, like veteran guys who were all available. Did you notice these guys played? They played right. all these snaps. I think they looked at it, and that was really a key point. Again, we'll mention it tomorrow. Why defensive yeah. tackle over linebacker? I think they found higher-valued players on the board. I would assume that. that. That's an excellent question, and I can't wait to listen in and check that out, man. I'm so happy with this draft. And they can talk Grudock all they want, but this is Mick Zig, and I think it's even better than Grudock ever was. These guys are so aligned that I believe that later, as we get closer to cutdowns, there's going to be some experienced offensive and experienced linebackers that are going to be available, and I hope you question them on that. Yep, thank you. Appreciate the call, Dave. Thanks for checking in. We're brought to you by Resorts World. Wow, what a great time I had at Resorts World. Scott Sabella's vision of sports. I took my family. My wife had two cousins in town. We took them to Doghouse. Uh, to see the excitement of that, and then to the 8 Cigar Lounge, which is my new spot here. That's where you'll find me at 8 most of the time. Just a great time there. An unbelievable dinner there. So if you haven't been over to Resorts World yet, head on out to Resorts World and see what is happening there. What a location. What a great time. And, again, I had family with me, and they were absolutely blown away. We have Harry Ruiz at the top of the hour. Joe Lisi, who's a great college football insider. He's going to recap the draft. We'll talk, and we'll hit on all that coming up next. Today's simple. We want your grade for the party in Vegas. I'm just so proud we have this show because there were members of the media, when the Raiders were thinking of coming here, didn't think it was a good idea. Now they're lining up begging to be a part of this. 
because they can see the global size of the Raider Nation and what it does to this Vegas economy and how great we can throw an unbelievable party. They pulled it off. Oh, yes, sir. I'm most definitely confident in my ability, and I'm ready to go out there and showcase that. Um, just being able to uh, show my versatility. I feel like that's one of the things that they really enjoyed about my play style, just me having uh, multiple looks at different positions with left guard, right guard, and right tackle, along with a little bit of center work. And so I feel like that's one of the biggest things that they enjoy about myself. And um, I definitely feel confident amongst the entire offensive line. That's Dylan Parnham. He comes in as the guard guy who played center. He just said that. I think that's another question. I'll, I'll talk to Dave Ziegler tomorrow. Uh, that'll be an exclusive interview at the Raider facility. I'm really looking forward to that. They're getting versatile guys who can play multiple positions. And do we all understand why? Because the guys who were here before Josh and Dave got here aren't their guys. So if, if they like you, they're going to keep you. That would be Max Crosby, Derek Carr. Derek Carr and Max Crosby got extensions because Dave Ziegler and Josh said, we want those guys here. Everybody else who didn't get a fifth-year option, everybody else who didn't get the deal or an extension yet, that's a work in progress. I think Hunter Renfro's safe for obvious reasons. I don't know what, what to look at with him. I, I don't think Cleland Farrell's going to be on the team much longer unless something magical happens for him, and I pull for him. I, they couldn't move him the fourth overall pick, fourth overall pick in the draft, and they couldn't move him. For obvious reasons, when you look at contracts and what's happening here. So the Raiders have a lot more to do in tightening up this roster on who's going to be here and who's not. But I can tell you, if I'm a draft pick of the Raiders, I'm one of these players, Samir White, uh, Britton Brown, they got to feel pretty good because they're Ziggler guys going forward. And they're going to have an opportunity to do something special here. Uh, today, we're mostly talking about the party. I'd like to talk to Dave tomorrow and get an idea of what his whole plan is going forward before I dive into pick after pick we don't know these guys I I tell you I just my big takeaway today is I love the fact that they got two well-accomplished defensive tackles from two big programs Tennessee and LSU two highly sought after defensive tackles who and their durability is key the running back thing is still a surprise to me it is but they see something there and that could tell you that Josh McDaniels, he, he cares about these mid-level running backs who end up in the Patriot way, end up getting Super Bowl rings because they do their job. And thanks to all of our proud partners, I got a chance to see everybody. We did that remote on Thursday at Cafe Americano. I want to thank the Black Hole. I want to thank Cisco Ortega. I want to thank Violator, Senior, Gorilla Rilla, all those brothers of mine who came by and supported us. So they were very impressed at the crowd we brought to Caesars. Modelo, who put on that party for us, that was really cool. And then we went over to the Raiders party on top of, uh, that's a cool party, <laughs> Dre's, on the top of Dre's. Charles Woodson joined us. Tim Brown spent a lot of time with Fred Bolitnikoff, Raymond Chester, uh, so many of the other alumni that, that were there. Raiders really pulled it off in a big way. 702-365-200 as we continue. Robert in Portland. Thanks for staying. My wife's actually heading up there for business this week. How are you, Robert? Doing good, JT. Hey, buddies of mine said Cromwell was really jumping the other night. Uh, they were down there and they said, you, you know, you did a phenomenal job, which you always do. I have one quick question for you tomorrow with Ziggy. 
he, he got ahead of the Chargers, even though the Chargers took Spiller. Um, I'm really intrigued with him doing that because he got ahead of them. I wondered if the Chargers wanted White, and even though they wound up picking the higher-rated, uh, uh, you know, uh, Spiller out of A and M, I just, I just love to listen to more and hear his take on that because it was intriguing to see White picked ahead of him. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I can't wait till you have that. Lastly. Um, I, I like your take on uh, Inglewood. You're exactly right about Inglewood. I hate Inglewood. But um, they are putting a lot of money in that. And, you know, Vinny has uh, said some good things about that whole big project around the stadium at SciFi. I mean, at SoFi. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? Well, look, they did a nice job. Thanks for the call. They built one of the most state-of-the-art stadiums in the world at SoFi Stadium. And NFL Network is based there. And, again, I, I'm pro-Vegas. I'm pro-Vegas because I like entertainment and I like a good time. I said this about Oakland, and people now give me credit for it. The problem with Oakland was after an Oakland Raider game, if they stayed there, they weren't going to build the infrastructure that people stay. The best example I could give you in my life, I'm a Yankee fan. The Bronx is a dump. So the Yankees are the most famous franchise in the history of North American sports, no debate. The powerful New York Yankees, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Derek Jeter. I never stayed 15 minutes after a Yankee game. There's no steakhouse. There's no nightclub. There's no bar. There's even no sports bar, and it's the Yankees. So to get people to stay in Oakland, that's why I like Ricky so much in San Leandro. The only reason I was staying at a Raider game after a Raider game before I had to get a plane out of Oakland at the Oakland Airport Hilton can you imagine what it was like to have a franchise that had the Oakland Airport Hilton as their only place to house fans and to throw a party? Believe me, I was at a lot of those parties. They don't compare to Vegas. And Inglewood, Inglewood's been a dump for most of our life, but the Lakers are there, right? The Lakers are there. And if you're watching Winning Time with Jerry Bust, he built a beautiful club inside the Forum. But it's not Vegas. So I shouldn't be ripping on these other cities. Kansas City... What's the name of their drinking district that they have, the warehouse district or whatever it is? It looks great on TV. They're probably going to get a couple of hundred thousand fans in Kansas City. I would never go to Kansas City for the NFL draft. What would you do there? I'm going to have barbecue. I can get barbecue here at Mabel's, which is great, over at the Palms. I don't need to go to Kansas City. I like Vegas more. So I'm super pro Vegas for events like this. And we saw that this weekend. We had a big fight. Nico... Ali Walsh for it at the MGM. John Legend's playing. Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga. You think Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars are going to be playing residencies outside Kansas City and Detroit for the next two drafts? So there were fans that came in for that, and they were just bumping into NFL fans, and everybody was getting along, having a good time. We do a better job in Vegas throwing great events. Remember when Don Rickles and Frank Sinatra and the Rack Pack and Elvis Presley When they decided to get away, they didn't go to Kansas City or Detroit. They came to Vegas, and they hung out at the Dunes and the Sahara. You know, they they hung out at the Sands, and they hung out with all the old-time casinos because it was better, and it was more fun. Vegas is just more fun than Inglewood. Just win, Wendy. Thanks for coming out on Thursday, Wendy. Saw you a bunch. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got uh, three three of those things to talk to you about Mm. because, you know, I could talk about the draft people the people that we drafted but you wanted to talk about the party and boy i really wanted to talk about the party um 
you know, first of all, I want a big, a big shout out to all the law enforcement people who were there. Um, there were, you know, city cops, uh, army, who knows, SWAT, everybody was out. And they were smiling and talking to people and having a good time, and they kept us all safe. I even saw the Homeland Security guys hanging out when uh, Roger Goodell was talking, you know, at the opening of the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, they were all really good guys, and I just want to shout out to all those guys. And then um, the party at Dre's was incredibly great. I mean, I wish, you know, there were more people there, but we didn't have a draft pick that night, and I just wanted to pass on the the comment that uh, the guy at one point said, hey, let's turn off the draft and just just party. And I was like, no, 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 no. We all really did come to see the draft. So please keep it on. You know, you could do lots of stuff on the breaks. And then um, the other party that was just, I mean, I had a ball. I had the best weekend ever in Vegas. But the the other thing I wanted to shout out was the fact that we had a black hole party at uh, the Tropicana in the Havana room and remembering uh, Black Hole Rob on his mm-hmm. birthday was the next day. And that group of people, Raider Man and a whole bunch of other, everybody came out there, Lucille and Lizette and um, Tinkerbell and all sorts of people were there. And it was just, it was just so much fun. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't see these people again for three months. It gave me a good, a good time. And I saw uh, Reggie, the silver and black Panther. We had mm-hmm. a good time and, Oh my God! It's just too, totally cool. And see an ice cube—that was the icing on the cake. Yeah, I missed that. How was how was Ice Cube? I saw the video of it. I wasn't able to get there for that, and it I caught the so Weezer cool show. People, yeah, people of all ages and all types from all over the country were singing along with Ice Cube. I mean, everybody, everybody in all the jerseys, everyone was singing along with Ice Cube, and he was just so cool. He was really, really pulling everybody together, and um, it was mm-hmm. gorgeous. It was an incredible event. I'll never forget. Good. Thank you for sharing that. That's what I wanted to do today. Great phone call about, you know, just sharing a great time. Thanks, Wendy, for calling in. The, the ability to have these huge events here in Vegas and the Raider fans get a lot of credit for it. You know, Raider fans over the decades don't get a lot of credit for anything, right? They don't, and we all know this, and that's why I love the black hole and these fans and the voice and now coming from the East Bay in the Bay Area, we all miss Oakland. But now that everybody's understanding the move here and why, you know, it's, it's changing. And we felt that change at the ground level. And now to have an opportunity to come and hopefully you get a chance to go to a couple of games this year and you're able to do this. And I love it. I just love it because it's my kids are 20 and 18. My son's coming back from college tonight. So my son just finished his freshman year at ASU. Wow, how fast did that go? And my son's coming back from Oklahoma in a couple of weeks. And they're going to be working around town and doing what they're doing this summer. And it's all based around Raider Nation and everything happening on the Strip and around town here. And very important point I'd like to make before I get back to the phone calls. Yesterday, Sunday, I was on fumes. But our whole company, Lotus Broadcasting, threw a retirement party for Jesse Leeds, who's like a big brother to me, one of the great sales executives in Vegas radio history. I mean, Jesse has a massive footprint in this town from the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame to all the charity work he's done over the years, all the friends he has. He's an Oklahoma graduate, helped me and my wife transition with my son to that school, and they threw his retirement party 
over at the Aviators. So yesterday, I had a chance to go over to the Aviators and say goodbye to him, but not long-term, just from Lotus. And everyone from our company that could make it was there. It was a gorgeous day out at that ballpark. Great time. We're already tipped to tip a toast to Jesse. So I wanted to make sure we all brought that up today. What a good time yesterday. Again, I was on fumes after Saturday night. Saturday night, getting out of the Cosmopolitan super late and then getting over to the Aviators game the next day. But it was well worth it to see that beautiful ballpark and say hi to Jesse and his wife and their family here. Uh, it's a big loss for us here at Lotus, but he'll be in our lives for a long, long time. We really appreciate that. Alan in Vegas, thanks for listening. You're up next. What's happening? Hey, JT. Um, I first want to say that the whole draft weekend in Vegas, we did not get it without Mark Davis making the decision to move the Raiders out here. And I'll just say it outright. It was the best decision he's ever made. What a weekend, not just for the Raiders, but the whole NFL fanship across the nation. Just, just witness everybody just having a great time and not worry about a mask or COVID or anything that just wants to, to divide people. Everybody was here for one reason, and, and everybody's having a great time. And I got to hang out with my brother Jeff and his family, and I got to meet Wendy. I got to meet so many people and see so many who haven't seen it in a long time and just enjoy the vibe, and especially on Thursday, JC, to see you and Harry, everybody over at Caesars. What an incredible experience. It's probably the top five best weekends I've ever had here in town. Uh, That's what I said. I said the the same thing, my friend. I've been out here a long time. It's one of the top four to five weekends I've ever seen here in Vegas, and they're only going to – thanks for the call. They're only going to get bigger and better after that. They are. Uh, That that was one of the great times here. If you didn't have a great time with everything here, you're a massive complainer. You are a doomsdayer. You are someone that I don't want at my parties and remotes. If you couldn't have spun, hey, man, this was pretty cool. And I'm sure there were times where it was tough. There might have been a crowd. You had to wait in line for a few minutes. I get all that. But if you didn't enjoy that party, you don't like to go to parties. That's about as big as it could get. Uh, We're taking a recap of the Raiders over the next two days. Tomorrow, I'll be live from the facility with Dave Ziegler. We'll have an in-depth conversation with him on some of the players that were selected. Talk about some of the undrafted free agents and get you back on the calendar. JT, brought to you by Grimaldi's Best Pizza I've Ever Had. A lot of people are just picking up orders, getting the Brooklyn Bridge pizza, the salads, or going into the five locations and having a great time. Thanks to Grimaldi's, home of the $50 gift card.